One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Purpose Made Podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the fundamental topics and key drivers for change within our global society today. This series is brought to you by Peter Bell, founder of Purpose Made, a strategic consultancy specializing in post-pandemic change and organizational transformation. It isn't just about you reaching out for help, but it's also your friends reaching in to help you and and reaching and almost grabbing you out of that pit. It, it's sort of one of those those type of things that Movember encouraged via the, the acronym ALEC, which is A-L-E-C, and it's ask, listen, encourage, and check in. And, and it's so important that if you're worried about a mate, that you do ask that question. Original Conversations. Purpose made for you. So sit back, relax, and we do hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to the Purpose Made podcast. In this episode, we chat to the wonderful James Martin, Season Mobro and Movember Ambassador. Movember is a charity that are quite literally changing the face of men's health. From its Brunswick Street Foundations, whereby the original Melbourne Mobros got together in 2003 to bring back the Mo for their fellow bros, today we witness a community of engaged, mobilised and global Mo's who have raised over $1 billion for men's health, suicide prevention, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. Chatting to James was an absolute delight and he speaks passionately and eloquently about Movember, the amazing work they're doing, together with the struggles that brought him to the cause. From fighting the stigma to growing a Tom Selleck, it's often the worst moustaches that start the best conversations. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and we do hope you enjoy. Hi, Peter. Well, my name is uh, James Martin. I am the co-founder of a company called Walking the Walk, which um, looks to offer mental health consultancy to businesses. But the main reason I'm talking to you today is because I am a community ambassador for Movember that fantastic organization that encourages us all to grow a mo um, during the Ooh. month of November, but also to do other things as well to help support men's health, to, to really look after men, help them live longer, um, especially around those uh, three core areas of mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. Nice. So how, how did you first start getting involved with Movember? What was your kind of key points of interest and what, what started the journey, I guess, with Movember as the beginning? 
Yeah, I, I've been um, fundraising for Movember for this is my 12th year. And I started off um, when I was coming out of uh, one of the worst episodes I've had with my mental health. And I live with a condition called dysthymia, which is persistent depressive disorder. And uh, I'd gone through a particularly bad dip in that. And I'd got to, to the point of suicide planning and I had to take six months out of work. And when I returned to work, I was really keen to do something that enabled other people not to feel how I felt, especially time at university and that. And, and I saw Movember as, uh, although they weren't necessarily discussing mental health at that stage, they were talking about men's health and encouraging men to talk. And something that I learned in those six months is how bad I was at talking and how bad we are as men talking just about anything apart from football or rugby or something that makes us men. And, and so I, I got behind that. I, I started growing moustache, something I'd never done in my life before. And it snowballed from there. And, and really, that, that's how I got into it, sort of just as a, something I wanted to do something to, to help other people feel that they could talk. Yeah, I think the, you hit the nail on the head with regards to the stigma around men specifically. I've talked before in previous pods about an epidemic of isolation and loneliness. And um, if we kind of look at men as a group, we're kind of, we're born into a society whereby we don't often talk about how we feel and issues that are affecting us. So I guess it's a great thing that November and yourselves are kind of trying to break that stigma. I remember reading an article that you wrote for Movember called um, Finding Light at the End of the Tunnel. So maybe if we can kind of dive a little bit into the work that you did around there, um, because obviously the pandemic's affected people in in a variety of different ways, and um, it'd be interesting to gauge your experiences of the pandemic as well. Yeah, it, it's um, it's been rough, hasn't it? It's been rough on, on pretty much everyone. Um, there's going to be sort of people affected in, in so many different ways. And I think that what really took me is, is actually, you just said about it then, that isolation and how that definitely affected me. It, it affected my um, own ways of, of coping with things. It sort of hampered me in doing a lot of things. And, and that isolation felt worse than than really it had for a long time. And I, I was made redundant during the, the pandemic. I'd been working at the same company for, for 25 years and they got rid of me without even the thank you. And and sort of all of those type of things just snowballed in into me and, and really left me with that same sense of hopelessness that, that I'd had all those years before. And, and whilst I fought it over the many years, this this left it to a stage when when I was really struggling. And even some of my core coping mechanisms, I, I use um, exercise as a big way of, of keeping my mental health, I'm not going to say at bay, but, but more in line of making it so I can cope much better. And, and that was taken away from us, wasn't it, right at the very start. So there were many things that, that I 
sort of looked at the way I was affected by the pandemic. And, and that's got to have affected so many more people as well and so many more men, because even those little times when we might have been able to, to have a chat with each other, we, that was taken away from us as well. So the, the group sports that that actually, if we go down and, and we we sort of go, I know November called it shoulder to shoulder, but those are great times when we can actually talk. And, and all of that was just taken away from us and, and got those type of areas where we do feel more comfortable. Even those weren't available to us. Yeah, I guess it's the community element, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, as as humans, we were kind of, we've born, we've been born in environments and we've, we've progressed throughout history and like tribes. And, and we look at where we are at the moment and we're kind of, we see case numbers going up again and, and the numbers of um, deaths going up again and what, what winter may hold, who knows. But in respect to at the first wave when they closed all the gyms, like I'm the same. I, I use um, exercise as I call it as a as a tool. So part of my toolbox mm-hmm. to help my um, issues with mental health is um, you know we've got two dogs. We we go on regular dog walks. Um, I go to the gym a lot, and um, uh, yeah, you kind of need those tools and part of your toolkit to almost function like normal if that's such a thing as, as, as normal but you, you need those abilities and those those avenues to explore and to do and the regularity as well you need the repetition and um it's it was very hard for for me as well in respect to when everything closed because you then in your homes and we're in environments where you know we did have family members but you do feel very isolated and it's very challenging and it's been very tough in respect to the UK. We're one of the few nations that haven't really got on top of COVID. We're still like, we're behind in respect to the case numbers. And I think we're leading the world in respect to the numbers of cases. So one of the other elements that I don't really think has been given too much daylight is the underlying issue of mental health amidst the pandemic like there's a lot of literature out there that talks about how it is underlining the pandemic and it's obvious that it is what so you see people affected in, in a variety of different ways some that like yourself and i that require exercise and require routine to um, function on a day-to-day basis and then you see others that have sadly been affected through the loss of loved ones and um, you know also like yourself in respect to redundancies we, we, it's it's crazy the society we live in at the moment and it's um yeah i don't really think that businesses have got a full grasp of um the impacts upon people's mental health you've also got to look at some of the like injustice as well you, you mentioned about yourself kind of not even getting a thanks in respect to the end of your tenure and your previous role but you also see fairly well documented that the higher and the fire and rehire um scandals that are taking place by industry there's a lot of um, wrongdoing taking place by companies that are yeah, kind of taking advantage of people's health and well-being for their personal you know profitability which i don't really think is the right thing to be doing no I, I absolutely and, and there's so much that you've just said there that you know i'd, I'd love to to sort of comment on and go back on the one one sort of first thing that you said was about you go out for dog walks and for, for me the the running side i, I like to, to be outside when i run i'm, I'm dreadful on treadmill just don't enjoy it and and that connection with nature was massive for me as as another one of those coping mechanisms and and i do think that is part of 
really how we all reconnect and, and goes back into how almost for me as a society we're acting and, and as you've just said with some businesses who have let, let's just say not very nice practices I think I'll leave it at that and people can draw their own conclusions to what I really think but I think a reconnection with nature of being able to slow down being able to take time it is so important for people and you know that that can be as as much as you know sitting on a park bench or it can be taking the dogs to walk or something like that as far as the way that the businesses have acted yes of course it's been unprecedented but we had a, a real issue before the pandemic with how businesses were treating employees and trying to to drain every last bit out of their employees we looked at productivity and, and in the uk we were one of the lowest productivity markers uh, across certainly the eu and and across the world as well and what what i saw as a practice for businesses was really trying to do sort of more with less you know and trying to as i said eke out every last piece that you can from an employee and and that was starting to cause problems. We, we know that there'd been an increase in requests for support from GPs and from mental health charities. It's something now that they absolutely need to get a grip on them for a lot of the stuff that, that you talked about. Return to work is one of those that you've got people who have got real problems with anxiety because they're not sure what's happening. They may have other health health issues. They may just be worried about how things will be when they get back to work. You've also got something that I think is going to start raising its head with, with regards to, to vaccinations. And, you know, I'm hearing some pretty not great things in my eyes about how some companies are saying that if you haven't got a vaccine, then you're going to be fired, et cetera. Well, I, I don't think we can go down that route, but that's my personal opinion. But then how do people feel going back into the office when they know some people have been vaccinated, some others haven't been vaccinated and how that might affect their health. So we've got all of these pressures coming on to individuals, to groups of people that, you know, are affecting their, their mental health. And as a country, we don't have the services to, to cope with that. I've gone for, uh, I've had to go through another set of counselling I, I, that I need. And via the NHS, it's a 22-week wait. And that's for straightforward CBT counselling. And if, if you equate that to any other type of, of basic physical illness, and, and for that, we're talking something as, as really common as the flu, and let's leave COVID out of it. If you were to wait 22 weeks to, to do that, then there's just no point. There's no point in having a service where you have to wait 22 weeks for someone who is struggling to cope with life. And that's what we need to change as a country. But as businesses, we spend a lot of our time in work. We spend the majority of our time in work. And it is incumbent on businesses to take care of their employees, not to act as counsellors, but to help stop their employees get to that position where they need that type of help at the, at the end. You know, we, we hear a lot of times that companies have done mental health first aid as well it's too late if you've got to a point where you need a mental health first aid or it's too late you've gone past that point but what you can do as a business is to act responsibly to make sure you're not overloading your employees to make sure that you don't have 
employees that are sending emails at seven or eight o'clock at night and expecting a response and having times when you are able to be flexible at work and whether you are able to work at home or whether you work in the office or have a mixture of both. But there's got to be much better thought out ways of working than currently we're doing, because otherwise the, the mental health crisis that was there before the pandemic is going to turn into such an avalanche that as a, as a business world and as a, a country, we're going to struggle to cope to keep up. And it's going to make the, the COVID pandemic drag on further and further when really if we put those, those thoughts and resources and, and really that, that type of I guess out of the box thinking to use one of those dreadful <laughs> type of business talk um, phrases. If we get that in place, we stand a much better chance of dealing with this properly. Well, I think we, um, you know, in, in a previous episode, I ch- uh, chatted to Joanna Berry about the the leveling up agenda and the rhetoric of build back better. And the, the analogy that I provided during that conversation was, um, how do you build back better when you, you don't take the time to look and assess what better may be? Like there's all, there's this clamoring by half of, I would say maybe more, there's a clamoring at least what you can feel it is quite palpable about um, half of society wants to kind of return to norm. And then the other half, if not more so actually are seeing the issues, as you mentioned that we had pre pandemic anyways, and we've worked, we've got an opportunity at this point in time to um, reevaluate and change the way and change practices and change professional environments to treat people as people rather than kind of cogs as part of this larger machine that just keeps on ticking over and, you know, reducing headcount ultimately saves a little bit of money that will go into shareholders' pockets. And this kind of profiteering on the basis of people's lives, it's, it's, it's unsustainable. Yeah. It, it is. And, and part of that failing sort of around the, the mental health world is still the, the sort of the attitude of people when they're dealing with mental health issues. And you know, I, I talked a little bit about, you know, my the wait time that I've just been told for, for very basic CBT counselling. But I think as a country, we have got better when we talk about those very run of the mill mental illnesses like depression and, and anxiety. We, we're better at talking about it. I'm not necessarily we're better at acting on it by, by any stretch of the imagination. And, and we're all, we've gone past that time of talking. We are now in that time. We need action. Talk, talking's gone. But, you know, just looking at uh, an article yesterday um, that was on the BBC website, and it was talking about uh, a boy who has OCD and how, you know, it's been fantastic because it's now enabled him to um, clean cars and, and be very specific. And he's, he's got a great business about it. Yeah. I remember reading that. That's the guy that's got the, um, he's got some of Man United like former players as part of his clientele. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. and that's a great story for him, but when you then have other headlines that are then done to obsessive cleaning disorder, you know, as a headline in a paper, and the way that the BBC made it seem as if it was all jolly and fun, where OCD is is really debilitating. And it's the same way that we used to have those type of headlines about Bonkers Bruno back in the time when, you know, he was he was somebody who with bipolar. 
And, you know, it, it's that language, those type of attitudes. It's almost in a way that we force people to bury their real attitudes about those common mental health issues like depression and, and, uh, and anxiety. You know, they've almost been forced to accept it, but the real things come out when you talk about other types of mental illnesses. So say your OCD or, or talk about other more serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia. We, we still have those same type of attitudes, that same time of action. And, you know, whether it's somebody who then goes and, and says something discriminatory direct to someone's face, or as was in, in my case, where you're just sidelined. Well, you, you've got a mental health issue, so obviously you won't be able to cope. And people impose your what you're capable of doing and tell you what you're capable of doing rather than allowing those people to have their own voice. And that's, again, what we've got to encourage. I think that's, and that's what Movember does so well because it's kind of by growing a mo and rocking up to work and into pubs with friends, you've got that kind of visualization of um, awareness that rather than kind of just talking about it, you've got a, a visual representation that happens every every November of every year that um, people can get involved in. And, you know, some people just grow a mo just for the sake of, of the comedy effect of, because not everybody can grow a Tom Selleck. So, uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. So, so that's, you get, exactly. the, you get the varieties from yourselves that can, you know, grow a, a good mo to maybe others that maybe can't, but it's the, it's the involvement, it's the ability to encourage others to take part of this kind of global movement and crucially to if we're in the pub and if we're in like outward friends and whatever and some of our friends we've met never really had the opportunity to chat to them about some of the issues that they may be facing when you've got a mo at the time it's like it's almost that like ability to say i'm i'm there i'm i understand i've uh, you know in my case in your case we've been through it um, and we go through it it's it's not something that's like an end point it's it's a journey it's part of our life but equally it's that awareness piece that ability to talk openly about issues that are affecting us rather than kind of as you mentioned just earlier just you know people saying oh well you you won't be able to cope it's not about not being able to cope it's about trying to work through the issues that you're facing at that time to put to put methods and mechanisms in place to allow you to cope and develop and um, you know grow going forward and I think it's the stigma part. Whilst we're making a lot of movement going forward in respect to stigma, it's it's still not quite there yet. So I think the more we can do through the likes of podcasts like this or, or sponsoring one another or getting involved in these amazing global movements, the quicker action will be taken by society to address this failing issue that is failing a lot of people. Um, like there's a statistic about... I think it's one man every minute is the average that they, they take their own life um, throughout the world. I think that's the stat that's on November website. And that's, in, that's insane. The fact that, you know, as you said, you, you had suicidal thoughts. I've been there. I've, I've planned out what I wanted to do. And it's crazy. Like looking now in the places that sometimes we end up like we've, we found ourselves within it's, it's crazy, but you do, it's, it's a slippery slope. And one of the main things that I guess I wanted to get from this podcast, and it's just the encouraging of others to know that they're not alone and to know that they like have the courage to speak out, to seek help. There is help there. 
but in the case of like CBT, like I, I did that as well. And, you know, it, it took me, I think I was on a waiting list for like 18 months, but they fast tracked me because yeah, I was, I was really quite ill. So I was fast tracked, thankfully. And I was, I, I saw a lot of people in a short space of time, but we we do see with regards to the care sector, like or the exodus of doctors and nurses from the NHS, like, <laughs> we need to understand the wider impacts rather than just a short-term narrative. It's actually, well, um, you know, we need to pay doctors and nurses more. We need to like, like my wife's a, an anesthetist and she works like crazy hours. You know, she, I think she averaged it out, out and said that basically the hours that she works, she'd be better off working in the likes of McDonald's and being a, than being a doctor because um, she'd get paid more, for example, which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm going to sort of go back to, to one thing that you talked about with that, the Movember and, and the Tash. And it, it's, um, it is that part of community. And it is that, that way that you can open up that conversation. And, and you talked about actually that there are people to see and that it is worth staying in there and, and reaching out for that help. And, and I think that there is um, absolutely so much in that. And it, it's certainly something that I would press for. And I know Movember pressed forward so much with this is that it isn't just about you reaching out for help, but it's also your friends reaching in to help you and, and reaching and almost grabbing you out of that pit. It, it's sort of one of those, those type of things that Movember encouraged via the, the acronym ALEC which is A-L-E-C, and it's ask, listen, encourage, and check in. And, and it's so important that if you're worried about a mate, that you do ask that question. If you're worried about any loved one, if you're worried about a work colleague, and, and by asking, it's not the simple thing that we go through every morning when we talk to someone. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. And, and that's sort of pleasantry. It's, it's asking someone, hey, I'm a bit worried about you. Are you okay? And you'll probably get an answer to brush it off. And it's, it's about asking again, mate, I just want to check it. Are you okay? And it's then being able to listen that active listening about, yes, I am. I'm struggling. Well, okay. Have you sought help and, and encourage them to find help? And, and there's, there's a lot actually on the website that you can go in and, and check in on that ALEC acronym, but again, checking in with your, your friends, because what, as you've just talked about, the support just isn't there and, and as a, a service. And, you know, you're, the, the things that you hear about nurses and doctors, they, they've worked, they haven't just worked their socks off. They've worked every single part of their clothing and their body off in the last 18 months. And, you know, the amount of mental health difficulties that our, our general um, nursing and doctors uh, having problems themselves just isn't worth thinking about. They haven't had a break in 18 months. They, they are the type of people that I'd be saying to, you need to stop. You know, you, you don't wait till your tank's empty before you stop. You, you, you have a break when your tank's half full so you can recharge it. So as, as friends and as colleagues and as loved ones, et cetera, it, it's sort of more incumbent on us now to, to sort of help support people so we can give uh, medical professionals a break, stopping people getting down that far. You know, I, I pretty much owe my life to my GP. You know, I'm the hugest fan of NHS staff. They work their backsides off the whole time. And, 
nobody else was able to to give that type of professional support at that stage that my GP was. And then sort of after that, that my community mental health teams, et cetera, have. But if we can encourage people to, to recognize the signs when someone's struggling, to, to recognize those times when actually there may be something that we can do as friends, then let's take that. Let's take that opportunity, grab in, grab hold of them and ask them, can we help you? Because there is that help available. You know, we may have just both talked about long waiting lists, et cetera. Yes, there are, but there are also, there is also other available options. There are great charities that do fantastic work, be that Samaritans, be that Mind, be that, I mean, just hundreds of local charities as well that provide that same sort of talking therapy treatment. Because yes, at, at the moment, we, we aren't in a state to take everything on from a NHS perspective. So it does really fall back on us. It falls back on us as a community, you know, be that event community without a really good, bad, indifferent, grey tashes in my case and, you know, black and brown tashes in yours. It's incumbent on us as a community to look after us to look after our mates, to look after our, our colleagues and to really sort of say, we've got your back because that's, part of society that we need to get back to let alone everything else that part of society where we check in on each other stop the individualism and start thinking more about each other that's really where i think we've got to get back to and sharpish since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Yeah, because like we did, we did kind of have that community feel at, during the first initial waves of the pandemic, yes. whereby I, 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 you know, we we should still remember we were clapping for our carers, and at the same time as clapping for our carers back then, like now. They need us more than ever that, you know, like, as I said earlier, nobody knows what the winter holds. And I also right. talked about the challenges to, uh, you know, like I know, I know GPs that have left the sector, like broken, like, like literally broken. They feel okay. totally left and left by themselves. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking. These are amazing people. These are people that have dedicated their lives to, to helping others and to supporting others. So like we as a society, as, as a global society, it's not just a UK thing, it's globally. We globally need yeah. to be able to pick them up and help them out. And because one of the things that I, I wanted to mention is when you are in deep, deep despair and when you are in moments of terrible, terrible darkness, what you do is push people away. Yeah. So the whole like making sure that people are okay and friends reaching out when you're there by yourself and you're experiencing it, you, you, you're thinking, oh, nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to listen to me. I can't, I, I can't tell them about this. I, d I don't want to scare them about this. And, you know, I, it's all of these kind of fear and anxiety is just building up and you push people away. So at the time of pushing people away, we need, we need to like make sure that we're coming together for everybody and supporting everybody because that, yeah, that, that statistic, I don't know if I said it right earlier on, but yeah, globally on average, one man dies by suicide every minute of every day. That's, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, it is. And you know, it's a very, very scary scary number and, and just in the uk you know taking that you, we lose 84 men to suicide each week you know and, and you look at those numbers that's 84 people who have got to a stage where they believe the world is a better place without them yeah and it's no, like no one should ever feel that exactly and it's like uh, that's 84 people but then there's the wider impacts that suicide leaves oh. leaves behind so it's the families it's the daughters it's the sons and all of this you know when, when we were talking it's it's about breaking perpetual loops it's about breaking negative like negative cycles and if there's something that businesses could be doing more then we have to talk we have to we have to make sure that they're doing more if there's something that we can do more with respect to our friends, our loved ones, then we have to be there to kind of help them up in their moments of need and kind of make sure that nobody gets to that point. We, we need to get to that point of acceptance as well in respect to mental health is an illness. It's a, it's a same, it's the same to me in respect to breaking a leg. It's like, it's, it's an illness or it's an injury. It's, we, we have to treat them the same and we have to kind of shift the gauge in society to do so the way we're going at the moment. It's just so many people are taking their own lives needlessly. And it's so, 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 so sad. Exactly. And, and what you talk about there with that, uh, the, the link between mental and physical. And, you know, if, if I was to, to go and say someone, well, I'm just off to see a physiotherapist today, they'd be all, oh, okay, you know, what have you done, blah, blah, blah. If I was off to say, uh, I'm just going to see a psychotherapist, people draw back. You know, again, it still is that, that stigma there about, you know, oh, something must be wrong. And, you know, all the psychotherapist is, is a physiotherapist for your brain. You know, we, we have the same type of things. It's 
got to be looked at in in that way that the same way we look at some sort of physical illness or, or physical injury we can look in that same way with, with a mental illness or you know mental uh, injury there's there's no difference it's a muscle it's a, a, a part of us and and we need to start thinking in in those same ways that you know it's perfectly fine again in in a very similar way to that if you feel a twinge in your hamstring when you're running you stop if you feel that twinge in your head that thinks oh you know i'm over i'm overdoing things i need a break then you stop and we've got to get in into that respect and again we we talk about businesses and, and what they can do and you know sometimes it can actually be just a matter of saying thank you you know, it, as the day goes by, because that just gives us that, that sense of appreciation, that sense of belonging, and that sense that what we're doing is recognised. But sometimes it's more than that. And, and having honest and open conversations with our employees, you know, on a, a weekly basis, I'm sure we get meetings with our supervisors and team managers about how we're performing in work those same conversations should be happening on a weekly basis of how you are at work you know don't don't worry about your work how are you doing because if we take care of those employees they're going to be more bought into the company they're going to be much more able to do their job effectively and they're going to be better for you as, as a, an employee it makes perfect sense you, you talk about deloitte have just done a well they they updated their their study in, in 2020 that for every pound of investment you put into to mental health you'll get a five pound return on that yeah. Incredible. Yeah, no, it's it's that shifting of short termism to to the longer term yeah. impact because when when you shift and understand by shifting the gauge to be more purposeful and understanding the the what the bigger issues at hand, then you know the monetary aspect that every all the, those dying to return to normal, you know, and under the the frame of capitalism, for example, and if you look at that you're going to be more profitable by looking at the long-term issues because if you address issues at the very beginning, then you're not having to deal with the the after effects that come further down the line. Profit is enhanced by purpose. And if you've got more purpose to what you do, what you, like what you, if you're taking care of your employees rather than kind of treating them just as, as cogs, <laughs> then we, you know, ultimately people don't leave those companies. People then become advocates for those companies. People become the biggest and most free advertising you're ever going to get because they believe in the brand. They believe in what you represent and that in itself creates longevity and creates success. So it's about shifting the gauge. I think, yeah, we've spent, I guess, about, you know, 41 odd years of time trying to kind of reduce reduce headcount and reduce numbers to create the most profit that we possibly can. But because of that, we're, we're facing issues down the line. We're facing issues with respect to mental health. You know, we've spent most of the time talking here about mental health and suicide prevention, but, you know, November isn't just about those two elements. It's about prostate cancer. It's about testicular cancer. It's also not just about men growing the Tom Selleck. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's a multitude of ways you can get involved. You can kind of get involved, do, you know, move for November, do like 60K, you know, 60 miles or whatever it may be, host a mo moment, like make your own way into respect to charity and donations there's, there's a multitude of events and elements taking place and challenges um over the course of the coming months that whatever you wherever you stand on if you're male female whatever like 
just get involved. It's it's a great initiative. It's it's fun, and you, it's ultimately you're helping others by the work that you do. So De- definitely, and, and two things you said there. For, firstly, it is fun. It's an immense amount of fun. You know, if you are growing a tash and it's the worst tash you've ever seen, then you know you should be given a prize yeah, exactly. because you're going above and beyond. You, you know, you're putting your face out there for for pretty much ridicule, but you know you're not because you're doing something that enables that conversation, enables men to not feel they have to be that alpha male the whole time that they can be themselves. But the other side, it is we we need to we need women. We, you know, this isn't a, a men-only club. November is is men and women, and, and part of that reason is that women have brothers, they have fathers, they have sons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they want to keep their men alive as well. But the other side, of it, from my perspective, is that women are just a hell of a lot better than us men at, at talking. They, they do it so much better. And we need to learn from that. So, you know, we, we hear a lot about how there should be a lot of balance in society. And there absolutely should. There should be, you know, it should be a 50-50 split regardless of. But, you know, we it's not about a matter of that 50-50 split being, you know, the same type of person, being that alpha male character, which is what loads of business still want to have. It's about understanding each other's strengths. And, you know, men have a hell of a lot of strengths. You know, we're, we're good people, mostly. You know, there are a couple of us, a couple of people letting us down at the minute, but most men are really, really good. And we have some really good strengths and characteristics. And so do women. You know, they have fantastic strengths and characteristics about learning both in an office, about how we can learn from each other and learn each other's strengths and, and play on each other's strengths. You know, if, if I'm really good at motivating my employees, then let me do that. And you can go out and sell the world to someone. But it's about finding what we're each good at, which characteristics are best and, and using that. And then I think we're very keen for that to happen. You know, I have a whole group of most sisters who, you know, either wear fake moustaches to work or, you know, they do a hell of other things. As you said, they host events that they, they do the, the physical activity. They do grand gestures. There's one, one girl, Georgie Padley, Padley, who has just walked around the whole, whole piece of the southwest coast is i think it's over a thousand kilometers Amazing. because uh, yeah because her dad took his own life you know and these these are the reason we it's not it's not just men who are part of this it's men and women and and we really need to engage each other on these type of things because by doing that you'll help the men live longer but you also have them in a much better place when you know dealing with with women and making sure that they understand the role that that women play and the the need for having that 50-50 balance in society. Exactly. And I think that's a great place to finish because if we look at Movember as a whole, it's it's about community, it's about people, it's about being the change and increasing and working together to to create everlasting impacts to the face of men's health going forward. Um, so I encourage you or whoever's listening to this podcast to either donate or sign up and be part of, of uh, November this, this year, because it's a great experience. And through these remarkable experiences, we can lead to remarkable change. And that's what we're looking for. So thank you so much. Thanks, Pete. It's been fantastic talking to you. And as Pete said, sign up to November, donate, but be part of it because it is a huge amount of fun. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.